Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of LocoCast.net. I am your host, Rick Harding, here with Craig Maloney. How are we doing, Craig? I'm doing okay. We're in the process of moving, and so I've got all sorts of boxes all over the place. In fact, I think I'm sitting right now on a, a giant mound full of boxes of all sorts of books and other assorted crap, teetering off on the edge, if you will. I tell you, I... When we moved to this house, I'm like, I'm not moving again for a long, long time. I hate, <laughs> I hate moving. Oh, I'm, I'm not a fan of it either. Well, well, that's, uh, that's too bad. Um, I've been partying hard. We had a, uh, we, it's kind of interesting. It's kind of a side story. We had uh, a, a band instructor that you know retired a while ago from like my family all went there as part of the oxford high school system and my family got really close with them you know like i remember as a kid i went to this this teacher's house and i swam in his pool you know because my mom was his his student at one time and it's really kind of strange and um but anyways they had kind of like a an honorary thing for him tonight uh, they got people all, all over the country came flew in to, to do this concert for this weekend and to hang out and uh you know, thank him for his work and stuff that he did. He was the teacher there for something like 35 years or something insane. And uh, it was actually, it was, you know, kind of like eye-opening just to see like how many, you know, people how many, that, that this guy's, you know, lives that this guy touched and expanded and stuff. And just how great everyone thought of this guy that uh, just kind of had this kind of huge guy. I mean, there were, more, there were more than 300, 350 people in the audience, you know, I mean, completely packed this high school, you know, uh, auditorium thing, just filled it right up, you know. So uh, it was definitely kind of an interesting thing to go to today. And I, I kind of got thinking, I'm like, you know. It's kind of interesting. I wonder how many, you know, people that work on, like, software, this open source software stuff, just touches so many lives. Like, I wonder if there's ever a case where they get together and have, like, an honorary thing for someone. Like, you know what? You contributed this awesome thing for software that's, you know, just touched so many lives. And in the case of software, because it's so distributed across the whole world, you know, it could literally be thousands and thousands of people. You know, it'd be kind of interesting to think about, like, what... If you could get someone, you know, honor them and have a big shindig, you know, like who would it be for what would it be for, you know? Well, I know with any of the software that I've written, I am tickled pink anytime someone sends me a note and says, I'm using your software. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> you know, someone's using my software? It no, I, no, really. You, you're you using it. You're like type. You haven't confused me with someone else. And it's an amazing feeling getting a note that's, you know, even if it's just something along the lines of, hey, thanks so much. I really appreciate what you've done. I use this software for, you know, I, I wrote a word search program. And this guy said he was using it to uh, to teach American Sign Language via word searches and that. Which wow. Which is a really cool use of this stuff. So, yeah, if you use any software and you really, really groove on this software, send him a note. You know, yeah. whatever it is a note, you know, maybe maybe we should. Maybe we should have, you know, like a, a Firefox Appreciation Day instead of a Firefox dog pile that we usually <laughs> have. Well, I was thinking we could have a little fun with it, right? We could make it like a roast situation, you know, get everyone together, do a little roasting going on or something. But uh, it, it'd be interesting. Uh, we'd be curious to hear your guys' thoughts. You know, if you could if you could take, you know, one developer out to, out to dinner and, and have some friends out and, you know, like, who, who would it be? Like, what software would it be and all that? Uh, it's, it's an interesting interesting study i guess but anyways yeah so it's kind of moving to see like everyone just honor this guy and i clearly he was awesome and i don't know him that well i mean obviously i've been to his house as a kid but that's a long time ago since i was a kid so well it's better to do it before they passed away because my my godfather and 
and my band director uh, both had those types of services, services, if you will, and they were well recognized for all the contributions that they had. But unfortunately, it was after they had passed away. So you have these yeah. wonderful tear-jerking moments, <laughs> and they're not around to appreciate it. So. You're never appreciated till you're gone, are you? You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, but aside from that, I wanted to to go off and you know say. Um, a heads up for everyone that, that follows a Vim screencast, I was trying to get an episode out, but I am complete crap at video editing, and I've had lots of fun and issues getting this next episode together and actually to get blip.tv to accept it and everything. So forgive me um, for the delay. I am working on it. I'm I'm beseeching those that know more about video editing than me to help me get this thing figured out and corrected. So hopefully we'll have one, that coming out next week. Um, just convert it over to an audio podcast. Yeah, I will. Yeah. Just hit escape colon WQ. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That 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 will render over really well, I'm sure. You know, yes. All right. Now, you know, colon GG capital G, you know, oh no, V capital G. Uh, no, colon, wait, no, wait. <laughs> colon leader T, whatever. Yeah, no, I don't know that that would really work out well. But I wanted to bring that up. So. But anyways, aside from all that, why don't we get this episode rolling? Awesome. Well, first up, I wanted to bring up, uh, you know, hey, dude, it's October 3rd, which means seven days from today will be 1010.10, which is the release for the next version of Ubuntu uh, Maverick Meerkat. I'm sounding, (laughs) I should should not sound so (laughs) unsure about this. I've got the link directly in front of me, and I'm guessing at it. Um, Hey, we're professionals. Don't try this at home. (laughs) Definitely. So I, I've got to, I've got to confess that I really, I, I haven't followed this one that along that well. The, the last one, Lucid, I definitely had the beta installed and things, and I've not done that on uh, on Maverick here. But I did see, you know, Jono had a cool thing on uh, Twitter and Identico asking you to kind of hashtag what the favorite feature you're looking forward to is. So I pulled up the link for the uh, release candidate announcement that went out to the fridge. And if you don't know, the fridge is kind of like a news center for Ubuntu news. So make sure you check it out. Um, it's also the going, place to put all of your daughter's nice pictures that she does in school. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, I did not follow that at first. See, again, we're doing this too late at night. I'm <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> anyway, there are definitely some new features out. And what I find uh, interesting is just the, you know, I think I know why I'm not really all into this one. A lot of the new features are around things I don't use. Like there's a lot of the netbook uh, UI and stuff going on, the uh, the Unity look, the uh, Ubuntu Network Edition things, um, other stuff like uh, so. For instance, one here, the Shotwell is going to replace SBot as a default photo manager. I've actually not used or played with Shotwell at all, and my days with SBot are a long time ago. I really don't tend to use a, video, a photo manager. I just dump photos in a directory and then upload them somewhere. Well, so, I, I um, use FSpot, and FSpot is nice. It's got a little creaky edges here and there, but it for me, it's it's really nice because I have the the web gallery um, 
connectivity. Right. So I can use it with Gallery 2 and upload things. Whereas Shotwell, they don't have it installed quite yet. So I'm going to be installing FSpot for this release. Wow, okay. Have you have you looked at Shotwell? Have you compared them? I, mean, I have not looked at Shotwell, although... You know, if if the organization is a lot better than FSpot is, yeah. I will definitely give it give it a shake and possibly even try and get gallery integration working because honestly, FSpot is the only reason that I use it is because of the gallery integration. If that went away or if Shotwell suddenly got it, I would definitely give it another shot yeah, or I'd give Shotwell a shot. I'm. I know one of the things I'm looking to try to do more is I actually use Picasso for my photos to get them online. And one of the things I'm looking at is just doing a presentation on the Google CL stuff with the, the command line client. And I want to try to write some scripts to actually do more synchronization and backup and things with my photos. I'd be curious if, uh, if gallery had any kind of like command line where you could use Shotwell for the photos, but get them onto your, your web gallery instance, you know, via some kind of scripted setup, which would probably be even better because it would, could be more automatic and backup and stuff like that. Right. I think there's a way to, to do that. I think there's an API or something like that that you can use to, uh, to interface that, so it'll it'll automatically do that. One thing, too, that I'm seeing in the Ubuntu Desktop Edition um, updates is Evolution is getting much faster compared to 10.04. Yay! I use Evolution. And quite frankly, it is a slow, slow, <laughs> slow say, email client. <laughs> I think you're one of the very few that use Evolution. Uh, I actually just went back to using Mutt uh, for my email this over the past couple of weeks. Here, I there was an article in the magazine that that uh, I think Linux magazine or something that they Linux, Linux Pro or. I'm not remember which one now. I, I should. Um, that they gave away at Ohio Linux Fest, and it had a nice Mutt article and reminded me, you know what? I miss Mutt. So I went through and, and set that up, and, and I can now submit. You know, I had to set up a nice SSH tunnel through a colo, through a reverse tunnel, through a proxying SMTP server on my work desktop in order to get my work SMTP to work without VPN tunnels and stuff. But uh, now that I have that, I'm like, oh, it's so nice to have my plain text email in my mud again. I, you know, editing, you know, creating composing messages in VI and stuff. Oh, I miss that. Um, but yeah, so evolution much faster. That's always good. Faster is better. Um, you know, and and sounds like you'll you'll appreciate it. <laughs> oh heck yeah! Another thing that I'm seeing too is that the sound indicator has been enhanced to include music player controls, as if it needed anything else to be thrown in there. God, uh, can people just you know, let let there be a rhythm box icon. The rhythm box icon has a nice set of controls that you can use instead right, of throwing it underneath the speaker if, icon. Then if you use Banshee and it has a different controls and different UI, oh, I kind geez. of I can kind of understand parts of it. Um, the only thing I'm nervous about is that you know the whole move to these you know indicator little panel applet things was that they weren't supposed to do a whole lot you know so uh, this this is interesting that it's you know adding adding features and stuff to it you know because i remember before like you couldn't have extra buttons in there you could only display well that's more the uh the messaging ui so i guess that is different but uh but yeah, yeah it's, 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 it drives me nuts though that it, it seems like we okay you have the notification icon and that now has stuff like broadcast and email and chat and that all under one icon so i don't know i i come from more <laughs> of a macintosh background where uh -oh. You know, one icon does one thing and another icon does another thing and near the twain shall meet and 
it seems that Ubuntu is making all these multi-purpose battle action kung fu grip icons. Well, everyone, you need everything needs a little more kung fu grip. <laughs> but one thing we talked about in the past was the uh, Ubuntu Software Center, and it looks like that that's uh, moving along now. And they actually have a couple of we talked about the um, the paid soft, you know, the paid section for uh, buying apps. Looks like that's actually starting to get integrated and starting to get going. So uh, be interesting to follow how that goes. Um, now that they've actually, you know, implemented some of those enhancements and stuff that I know we talked about back in episode two or three or something early on. Right. And Ubuntu one also has pop has been polished up. Apparently it's got faster file sync speed. I think I'm like the only person in our little clique that actually uses Ubuntu one. So I'm <laughs> really happy. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, Ubuntu one is a great idea. And I, I love the, the theory that, uh, that Canonical is going with as a value add service to, to generate revenue and things with that. Um, I think it's a, just a great way to go with that. Um, and I definitely think that it's like tools that should come out of the box, right? I mean, you know, if you, if you get a Mac or something, you get an iTunes, you can buy music online right out of the box with your music player and things. You well, know, you the also file, get me too. Yeah. The file storage stuff, the file synchronization, you know, the Dropbox, you know, feature is a great thing to have out of the box with things. So it's definitely a great idea. The problem's just been that the implementation uh, has not been polished enough to the alternatives, I think, for most people yet. Uh, between that and just, I know so many people in our group rely on Google Gmail, Google Contacts, that that's great and all that, you know, Evolution supports Contact Sync, but you're the only one, I think, in our little clique that uses Evolution. So Yeah, uh, I'm the odd duck. And, and Contacts yeah. still doesn't work between uh, between Ubuntu One and Evolution. Well, so but hopefully that'll be, there. yeah, hopefully Maverick will fix some of that stuff with some other better. Uh, I hope so. I am looking forward to the new font. I have to say, I, as strange and as ridiculous as it sounds, this whole thing about the Ubuntu font that this they went through and me. came up with a new font is exciting to me. I don't know. Maybe really? I've got glyph envy. <laughs> this puzzles me to no end. I I cannot. I've from day one. I've not gotten the font thing. Uh, and, and you know, I mean, I, I guess it's cool that you know. I, I understand that there are great needs for like open fonts, which this is becoming, you know, I mean, it's, I don't think it's all the way there yet, but it, they're working on trying to get it complete. I think before they open it, call it the launch pad situation, you know, but, um, I just, I just don't get it. I, I mean, I, maybe because I'm very happy with like liberation mono, you know, liberation sans and stuff. I tend to use a liberation fonts with most of my things. You yeah. Know, liberation uh, is nice. I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm a plain my t I like my text plain kind of thing. You know, the the Ubuntu font I've poked at it, looked at it. I haven't installed. I've just done like the screenshots and the the looks online. It's like I understand that it's all this kind of you know elegant, flowy. You know, they've got all this designer mentality. You know, I, you know I love talking with designers where it's like it's not just green on a blue background. It's the blue represents the you know power of the people and the green is like f big open fresh fields and you know together we are open and powerful you know i, I, I always love, love yeah and you and i are like pretty <laughs> <laughs> i'm like really blue and green okay <laughs> if you want to go there uh no i mean not that this was blue and green but just that that there's a lot of design and stuff coming out of canonical and ubuntu now with you know the the light themes and things and uh, a lot of uh, meaning and and stuff kind of put behind things and the font's kind of one of those things where you know the the font is supposed to represent and you know ubuntu and the you know the community and stuff in a lot of ways and if you're yearning uh, for kerning <laughs> 
That is awesome. Uh, we need we need to coin that one right now. You're oh, yeah. Earning. Awesome. <laughs> <clears throat> but that brings us to one of the great things that they've just released, speaking of the Ubuntu One feature set, is they've just had the Ubuntu One music streaming service come out, and Ars Technica had a review of it, and... Uh, a lot of stuff's coming out about this. And have you had a chance to poke at and look into this? I unfortunately do not have an Android phone, so I've not been able to peek at it. However, it is kind of exciting to me because any way that I have of getting music so that I don't have to listen to the radio is a good thing, trademark. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, well, first we should probably go over like, what, what exactly it is. So it, it is the Ubuntu One Music streaming music service, part of the Ubuntu One Music Store. And the idea here is that if, if you've bought music from Ubuntu One and because of the lack of speed so far, you notice this nice little chunk of delay where you purchase a, an album or songs and they get copied directly from the music service to your Ubuntu One storage on the server side. And until that happens, you don't actually get the files because they synchronize to your local machine from that Ubuntu One storage side. Right, and it puts it in a separate folder as well, so it it keeps it away. It keeps it kind of hidden away from you, but yeah. it's yeah, it's it's interesting how they've got that all set up. Right, um, where the streaming music service comes in is it's letting you through an Android application now, and they're talking about having an iPhone, um, you know, iPod Touch kind of app down the road. Which side note, I I. I, I love that you know that, that they're going for the the larger market, but I I really do find it hilarious that you've got Ubuntu working on an app for an iPhone. That just cracks me up a little bit. Um, well, as opposed to what a <laughs> Windows Mobile phone? I mean, there, what I, I, what I else would you put it on? I mean, you don't see iTunes coming out with an Android app. I mean, it's it is interesting. I think, um, but I think it's I think it's good. Yeah, exactly. Go put it in front of the people, right? Um, but the idea is that you can stream the songs that you have in your music folder. What's nice is you can upload your own files up, which is I think is a great move on their part because obviously anyone that goes to put a large par- portion of their music collection up will need to upgrade to the four pay, you know, sized uh, Ubuntu One file storage area. You know, yeah, so a nice gigabytes. nice time. Yeah, I mean, well, you get two free, right? So, I mean, yeah. it's not gonna not gonna be that hard if you get into the streaming music service to uh, to want to put more than you know more than a couple gigs up, and that's just your music, right? That's before files and other things you may actually put up there. Right. Yeah. I I don't know. It it seems like it's interesting. I'm not sure if it's 120 bucks a year interesting at the current <laughs> price rate for the 50 gigabytes, but. Uh, I don't know. I I personally like and use the the Ubuntu One stuff. I think it's really cool what Canonical is doing as far as trying to get things so that they're more integrated and so that you know your Ubuntu system can now play well and nicely with your Android system and your iPod possibly in the near future. I think that's yeah, really no, cool. Yeah, they're definitely taking the value add servicing and they're they're, they're rolling with it. You know, um, these are things you're going to pay for because they require extra you know services and stuff. They're running servers, they're running you know storage networks and things in order to support these services. And so naturally, it's kind of interesting because it gets around the whole like you know well you should just give me the CD for free because they do. But as you you're using the stuff on the CD, you know you're you're going to end up buying services for things outside of just the support. Which you know I mean let's face it, how many of us really go through and, and have paid support uh, on our desktops or laptops or any of that i i can't 
I can't tell you the last time that I've actually done a paid support call willingly. Yeah, so there's a there's of course with anything that's new, there's a couple of caveats, right? So right off the bat, you know, uh, the Rs article brings up that there's you know room for improvement. It doesn't support playlists. Um, the interesting thing is that it doesn't support Pandora Pandora like streaming for music that you don't have in your in your locker, you know, basically. Um, which is something that I wonder if the, if they would bring that or not, whether that would be feasible based on I, the licensing. I think that would be too costly. And yeah, costly because the the way that music is licensed, uh, I mean. You have places like Soma FM and and Pandora and Last FM and that with all these with all of the streaming systems and that that they've got, and I, I know recently they've had uh, battles as far as how much they should charge per song and that. So yeah. I can imagine that if Canonical got into there and people look at it and go, oh well, you know, we can sell it to you at you know X number of cents per song or something like that, and it would be prohibitive at best. Right. But then the other side of this is that there are, and there's, they talk about in the article how they worked with the, an open source application developer in order to get this built in. There are open source apps to stream your music online. I, I know our local leader, Greg, has this web-based setup, and I don't remember the name of it, set up on his uh, you know, server out of Japan, which is even more interesting because he got colo space from a friend out of Japan. And he streams a lot of his music you know over the internet like that if we go hit up at the library he's got his headphones on he's streaming his music you know through this web-based service it's an open source application and so you know it's going to be funny to kind of it's going to be curious to see how this kind of works with the uh you know canonical getting into this and you know basing some of the technology and open source tools uh competing with open source tools in a little bit in some of the sense now obviously the nice thing they've got going is the ability to really polish and integrate this stuff in a very mac like setup of you know what you know you've got the desktop you've got the file storage you've got the music purchases you've got the android app for the mobile side of things you know they can really do the whole front to end whereas like in greg's case he has to upload his you know files manually to the server he has to manually install and set up the streaming music service thing and when he listens to it he's doing it in a browser not in a in an application you know that 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 runs on his mobile setup all that you know that great so um, very cool and interesting, and I'm curious to see where that kind of goes from here. But I gotta give them kudos, you know, for for outside the box and and moving things along with the Ubuntu One beyond just the initial file storage setup. Yeah, it's definitely definitely interesting times in the canonical camp, and I'm looking forward to seeing what what drops next out of the uh, the canonical UDS sessions. It's going to be very cool. Maverick Plus One coming up soon. Natty Narwhal. <laughs> Well, since we're talking about the Maverick release, I community-wise, we just want to bring up that, like we always have, there are release parties, right? Yay! Reasons Woo-hoo! to party! Uh, we didn't really... Excuse to drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's a culmination of a lot of work from a lot of people, and I feel kind of bad that I didn't really do a whole lot this release. But, you know, some releases are better than others, right? Um, but if you are looking to hit up the releases, make sure to look up the release party list. And we'll have links in the show notes. But at loco.ubuntu.com under events, 
you can find a list of all the locos having events, and I noticed that our loco is not listed on there. However, the West, Michigan, the West Michigan group is listed. So um, definitely, uh, if you guys are having a release party, get it up here on the loco.abuntu.com. Spread the word. And make sure to blog about it, um, you know, post it on Twitter and things. I really love the release parties because they get people out of the woodwork that we don't normally see or hear from. We've actually had people from out of state coming to our release party before, and we have some great conversations. And, you know, whereas like a little meetup might have 10 of us, these release parties tend to be closer to 30 plus of us uh, in one place at a time. So that I really like the release parties, and I think I think everyone should get involved and find a release party. And you know, hey, Maverick's coming out. Let's uh, let's go celebrate. Or you could be like Vancouver and rent out an entire hall and get ten thousand people to your uh, your release party. Did you see those videos? No, I. Can't. Oh man, it's it's like a freaking concert event. They've got they literally got I think it was ten thousand people or so, and they rented out a hall. And it was just an amazing concert-like experience all about Ubuntu. And, of course, they're trash-talking. He's like, do you want to have the regular Ubuntu release party event? Or do you want to have, you know, a freaking rock star experience? Man, so. I'm feeling very insufficient now in my, my Ubuntu love. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have to go see a therapist about this now. Wow, that's kind of crazy. Um, 10,000 people. I'll have to post a link to that. Was it like open bar or something 10,000 people <laughs> I don't know how you could possibly get 10,000 people excited about an operating system but hey they managed sense. to do it I'm, I can't think of anything that could I mean a sporting event around here I mean we are in Michigan so it's not like we you know are, are great gatherers but that's but the Pontiac Pussycats <laughs> yeah there you go sorry they're in, they're in Canton now never mind <laughs> or wherever they're at no they're in Allen Park my, my bad Allen uh, Park but yeah, so get on the loco release party bandwagon ASAP and celebrate some uh, Maverick Meerkat arrival. Well, while we're on the topics of uh, partying with the loco, we wanted to bring out they're having uh, they've just announced that that uh, Canonical's hosting or Ubuntu's having their first loco day event, and it was kind of interesting last time through the Ubuntu. Um, oh, I'm blanking on the uh, the developer days week thing. Oh, the Ubuntu classroom stuff. Yeah, what's there's a name yeah. for it the the week of Ubuntu awesomeness or something where they have uh, scheduled Ubuntu uh, week I think is it? yeah, uh, dev- yeah. I'm, I think, I'm yeah. thinking developer week uh, Ubuntu week whatever they have uh, basically in IRC they have hosted sessions um, from all kinds of people from all kinds of walks from people you know about BZR and Launchpad to reporting bugs to how to test all the way to how to you know do video editing it's a huge gamut that they that they cover and you should definitely check that out every time there's a release they have on one of these weeks and um last time we had a couple in non-english right we had people that wanted to have you know a spanish uh talk or whatnot and so the question was was like how to handle this right because i mean obviously a lot of us come in and you know we don't we don't know that language or something and so the idea i think that they're coming out of this is doing loco days where the locos host their own little mini sessions uh in a bunch of classroom right now they're having them on november 5th and sunday november 7th so a friday and a sunday or no through sorry 
so the fifth, sixth, and seventh. And what they're going to do is they're going to kind of open up the classroom, Ubuntu classroom schedule, to allow locos to have talks in their native language and then to pub it and uh, you know get the word out and to get people to come in and attend the uh, the classroom sessions in for that for that native language. So it's kind of a great way uh, for you know a lot of the people over the pond and all around to to have these same kind of sessions or maybe even different ones or whatever and get everyone together and, and talk about it in their native language, which is just awesome. Yeah. That sounds like a really cool idea. And it, plus it also gets much more, uh, local involvement involved with the developer type weeks. Cause I know, and I've, I've participated in some of the developer weeks and that, and some of the, the Q and A's and I don't know. So it seems like, it it could be I don't know if it's a little more well organized. I mean I don't want to say that it isn't well organized or anything like that. It just seems a little chaotic, if you will. Well, so I mean, maybe it, I if mean, it's anytime more, you get that many people in, yeah. Anytime you get that many people together in IRC, it's going to get a little chaotic. I mean, I I have not been in just pound a bunch channel in forever because it's just too many people in too small a space. Um, these definitely have the opportunity to be a, a much more smaller, tightly knit, focused, you know group of people but then i could see some of them as being huge i mean um you know a spanish version of uh getting involved with bugs or stuff could be could be a huge huge turnout who knows so what are your thoughts folks let us know on the show at feedback you, at localcast.net or in the comments and make sure to submit your uh your session if you want to have a session uh, one hour I think they're one hour block session on any of those days. Um, check out the uh, site and make sure to submit that. And that info for that is on the wiki at wiki.ubuntu.com slash loco days with L C and D all capitalized. Um, we'll have links in the show notes and stuff, but just so you guys know. And that brings us to our, I was going to say annual, but I suppose it's much more than annual uh, session on books, what we're reading. Um, before we get into our individual books, what I wanted to bring up, I, I don't know if you guys, if you happen to see the article from O'Reilly, you know, the ebook craze has been going on, and O'Reilly originally didn't have a lot of material available in ebooks because the formatting and the, you know, getting books from from the paper layout stuff into the ebook format was was kind of a nightmare for a lot of their material. Um, and then they kind of slipped into a little bit. We'll have select titles available. Uh, and then they've moved a little bit more and a little bit more. And so they just had a post out on their blog that, you know what, the time has come. And they are now opening up nearly the entire catalog uh, of ebooks available for, like, the, you can purchase in the Kindle uh, store. And. What's really cool is that all their books are DRM free. They're they're in the Amazon Kindle format, which is a basically a zipped up Mobi format. But they're DRM free. You can you know take them and do with them what you will, kind of thing. And on top of that, they're adding a little feature where if you buy the Kindle book, 
And let's say you want it in PDF or you want it in EPUB or a different format. Um, O'Reilly is really good that if you buy their ebook on their store, you can have your choice of formats and your books are available to download from your account on their site, you know, um, forever kind of thing. Um, so this is kind of great that they're allowing users, if you buy the, the Kindle version for an additional $4.99 to go to O'Reilly and be like, hey, I bought this book on the Kindle format, but I really want it on EPUB now or I really want a PDF and I, wa- I want to get the full you know, O'Reilly ebook experience. So there's a kind of an upgrade path, I guess, from the Kindle method if, you know, if that's where you're where you're starting out at. So I've got well, to give them a, lo- a lot of credit for, you know, for heading this way. Yeah, the thing with, with O'Reilly is, yeah, they were a little late to the party because A-Press and, and Pact and uh, Manning and that have already had most of their catalog, if not all of their catalog. I mean, I can't think of a, an A-Press book that I can't find that's in ebook format. But kudos to O'Reilly for being able to put it out in multiple formats. So it's not just, you know, hey, I got the PDF of this, and then, and that's it. It's like, okay, now you have the EPUB version. Now you have the Moby Pocket version. And that, that to me, is is one of the reasons that I think that the technology business really is understanding ebooks a lot better than the rest of the publishing world who has still got that thumb sucking reliance on DRM. <laughs> it's like, you yeah. know, when, when you can look at the, at the nerds, you know, like the RPG publishers and the tech book publishers and, you know, these people have really small audiences. They have, you know, maybe they'll sell 2000 copies of a book or something like that. And they're willing to put their nuts out on the line and say, we are going to allow you to download this without having DRM. And you've got another book market where you've got 10,000 readers and they're, you know, trying to put it behind the curtain. And, you know, you, you need to avert your eyes before you can take a look at the almighty Oz of our book. That's bull. I'm sorry. Just <laughs> free it up. O'Reilly has been really good with this. Um, you know, uh, beyond just the DRM side, they've had the uh, the books that are available through a Creative Commons license. You know, so for instance, while uh, I, I've been reading Jono's Art of Community, you know, you can definitely download a PDF and stuff for free as a Creative Commons licensed uh, work. Um, you know, I still went through and bought it out of the store and things. So I think of all the even even among the tech crowd, O'Reilly's actually been kind of ahead of the curve on some of this stuff with really being able to 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 ride that balance of, you know, kind of being open and, and having material out there, but still manage to, I mean, they're making a living off of it, right? Right. And uh, like I said, they, kudos to these folks for being able to take the chance and on their community and be able to reap the rewards from it. Yeah. Um, so anyways, what are you reading? Anything good? Well, considering that I am moving, it is now the time when I shall get out the book that tries to tr- try and make sense of all of the wonderful vortex of crap that seems to be swirling around my head. And that is David Allen's Getting Things Done. David oh. Allen's Getting Things Done book is one of those... Yeah, Jody doesn't like the book, unfortunately. <laughs> she thinks that David Allen's full of crap. But I think that it is it is definitely one of the ways for me to try and make sense of the world. And... I, I find it to be one of those books that I have to read at least, you know, once or twice a year to try and get back to some semblance of balance and just figure out what is important in life as opposed to getting bowled over by the mountain of crap that is about ready to throw itself upon me. So that is my book pick, Getting Things Done by David Allen. 
Yeah, you and all can stop laughing now. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, it's a little rough. Um, a basic recommendation. I think I bought it. I don't know, a year ago, and I've, I've everyone never, has a copy of it somewhere. I've never made it past like chapter three. I don't think it's. Uh, I'm kind of with Jody, uh, although I have to say I think Jody's thing is more. I don't think wives enjoy their husbands having, uh, you know, little false altered, you know, f- false altars and things. You know, they don't like being questioned. No, she doesn't <laughs> like the fact that I get, you know, routinely out of balance and whatnot, and I start questioning everything. I start blowing up systems. I start being a complete and utter. Yeah, we got our explicit tag. <laughs> Woo! All right, I'll remember to put that on this one. <laughs> but uh, all right, so you're you're reading about getting things done, particularly about getting things packed into boxes. It sounds like. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, I I I got my new Kindle. I went. I brought up last time that I was Kindle list, so I, I was reading a lot of stuff, but not really reading a lot of stuff. Um, I have to say, I love it. Um, the, the updates are very, very nice in it. It's much faster display, much crisper display. The size adjustments are really nice. So I have been reading a ton, although I have been concentrating on one book in particular, on uh, web operations. Um, it was one of those books that I had seen, and I was like, I don't know. It, it's kind of like in line with the um, uh, coders at work and founders at work and stuff where they have a different chapter written by a different author kind of thing. Uh, although this is about operating a web a website-based business, I guess. Um, in particular, there's a lot of uh, the, the chapters in here are written by people out of the Flickr community, uh, Flickr devs and, and all those kind of things. Um, so it's been an interesting, interesting read. There's some really, actually really interesting material in here. I would definitely say recommend it. Um, I got it. O'Reilly had a $10 ebook sale on like a bunch of different web books. This is one of them. And so that's when I got it and kind of ate it up. And um, it's... What's interesting is there's a lot of stuff in here I didn't expect to be in here, and especially reading the art of community, there was one thing, one chapter so far in particular that was really kind of cool. They actually have a chapter about having a community liaison person for your web operation, right? So, you know, you've got a website or service or something that affects customers and people, and you know, you need to have someone that communicates with the community side of things that gets them excited about the new features and things on your application, but at the same time, you know, liaisons with the internal like dev team and the systems teams and all that kind of stuff. And it was kind of interesting to kind of see that, you know, there really is like this big, uh, you know, community person position out there that is really handy. In particular, they talk about Flickr and they talk about having like some of their contests and things and how do they communicate outages or, you know, how do they, you know, work back and forth with, with people like that. So uh, definitely a good, a good thing to pick up. There's a lot more than that. Obviously there's a lot of technical stuff. I just got through finishing up the chapter on MySQL. Well, it's supposed to be like database um, architecture, where they talk about various methods of of scaling out a database architecture. And this guy's a MySQL, you know, kind of heavy guy. Uh, he's a contractor that you kind of bring in to help problem solve and fix your stuff. So he had some really good thoughts and 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 ideas and things in there to kind of think about when you're thinking about how to take your database up from from 10 users to 10,000 users. Um, so definitely I can recommend it, uh, especially if you can get it in the, on the, on like a cheap ebook pricing. Um, there's not a lot of like detailed info in here. It's not, you're not going to read this and then go, Oh, let me go and solve that problem I've been having. It's, it's much more of a higher level, 
idea and kind of thought process, you know, talking about monitoring, talking about measuring metrics and things, you know, tracking, you know, where your server loads are at on various parts and how to fix the, you know, it's, it's, it's a good read though. So definitely check it out. Uh, we'll have links in the show notes to both books and uh, hopefully you guys can uh, check them out and let us know what you think. And with that, I'm about toast. So I think we should call it an episode. What do you think, Craig? Works for me. All right. Till next time, we will see you guys later. Don't forget to send us feedback at feedback at lococast.net. And party on. Party on.